1: inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by james h
2: brown and associates alberta injury lawyers the heavy hitters of injury law okay the raptors lost 126 107 to orlando There are no NHL games tonight. The scoreboard for Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Thought I was watching Goodfellas there for a split second during the Sean Lemon interview.
1: Or the Godfather, (laughs) yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, that was an excellent interview with a little bit of flavor. Mm Mm-hmm little bit of interesting language. Oh, that's hey, okay. they're a, they're a happy live, bunch. Live in the radio, city. they're a happy bunch. That we—that's still fewer curse words than TSN had post-game. Yes. So, <laughs> so we're fine. I just got a uh, text from Kerwin Bell's biggest fan, who says uh, Sean Lemon mentioned everyone in the West being good except Saskatchewan, and then he put a little smiley face. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, 78049. Before we get to the phone, give me like two or three uh, text messages to get that rolling, Kellen.
1: For sure. Uh, talking about our interview with, uh, or your interview, I should say, with Sean, Sean Lemon here before the commercial break, uh, one of them said, uh, ha ha ha, an F bomb. You should send him a Canham t shirt for that. But <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think that that's against the rules. Do not do that. We
2: uh, okay, <laughs> uh, will get Justin Lawrence a Canham t shirt for winning the Great Cup.
1: Yeah, there
2: we go. He, he is a uh, big human being, though. I don't know if we have one that would fit them. We need a big can. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: and we got an unknown one that says uh, Reed. We should look into looking and getting Jason Moss in on Inside Sports for an interview sometime this off season.
2: So. Uh, well, yeah, we might in the off I don't mind telling everyone. First of all, I. Uh, Justin Lawrence will will still come on. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave Dave handled this. Steve Campbell uh, and he has more football contacts than I do. He asked the Alouettes for. Moss or Machocha because of the Edmonton ties, the coach and the GM. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wrote back and said, Sean Lemon could join you tonight at nine ten Eastern. I know he was a few minutes after that. So we thought, well, we want, we, I mean, they won the great cop and he is a known player. So we said, yeah, let's have Sean on. But I'm sure we will. Uh, we'll try to have Justin Lawrence on before the end of the, I guess we only, do we have another show? Oh, yeah, we got to show Thursday and Friday. We'll, yes. we'll figure something out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jason's uh, – good for Jason. Again, um, that's like I, – I, I stand by what I said. I didn't think the Alouettes could pull it off. I, I really didn't. Um, Jason's clearly grown as a coach. Good for him. Um, I didn't think Jason's last couple years in Edmonton were great. Probably some other things factored into that as well. Um, But I have never had doubt of his understanding of football or or leadership, for sure. And it all came together uh, for him with that Alouette's team.
1: Mhm. Uh, one more here, Reed?
2: Sure, then we can go to the floor.
1: Excellent. Okay, so switching gears back to the Oilers here. Uh, we've got Mike texting in and says, Reed, do you think that the Oilers brass, and case for that matter, will just accept a playoff miss without making any sort of Hail Mary move? Would that not cement 29 and or 97 leaving when their contracts are up? I would move Bouchard while his value is high. For a more steady defenseman, we can afford to sacrifice the offense. That's from Mike.
2: Oh man, that's a good. I look, guys, I, 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 gals, I really don't know how they're gonna react. I, I really don't, and I, and that's why they're paid to be managers, and I'm paid to talk about it. Um, like if you lose a couple, like if you get swept on this road trip, and you're five, thirteen, and one. Ugh. And then even if you make a deal, is it enough to play 700 hockey or what you're going to need to play? It's, it's, it is a bad situation. There, there's, not a lot of, uh, there, there's not a lot of leeway to make a trade. I still get the sense that they think the team can and will play better. And and I guess that what makes it a little befuddling is because, um, again, it's most of the team from last year that won 50 games and won a round in the playoffs. And you would hope would have been a year older and wiser and therefore better. Um, But as I was talking about in the first half hour of the show, they, they don't always make very wise decisions, especially when it comes to defending and pinching and doing stuff like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's 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 per, it's a very confusing and right now bleak situation. I, I mean, I hear from people all the time. We think the season is over. They got to sell off parts. I get that because it's it's gone so poorly. I, I guess if you're one of the managers of the team, and I'm getting, I'm talking about Jeff Jackson and Ken Holland, do you just try to keep believing? You know. Um, and it is hard to make a trade at this time of year, and I know that's not what people want to hear, but I I, I really... I really don't, I I think if they're out of the playoffs by, you know, they'd be a seller at the deadline to some extent. And yeah, I'm just putting this out there as a hypothetical. I mean, if they're not a playoff team in February, like obviously not a playoff team. Is that when you trade Leon dry when there's still a year and a little bit left on his contract? If you think he's not going to sign an extension in the summer, I don't know. I mean, I just put that out there as a possibility. I don't know. It's not what you guys want to hear. Well, maybe some of you do. I don't know. Um, but that's got to be bouncing around in their heads right now as opposed to who are we adding in February to help Leon Dreisaitl. We have Tony on the line. Go ahead, Tony.
0: Hey, guys. Um, you know, everybody wants to trade him for some reason. You know, I don't understand it. Um, he's having an off-season, but you know what, what What player isn't right now? And besides maybe Kane, where he's just a unicorn. I was listening to something a couple of days ago. And they were saying that you live or die by what Bouchard does, right? And I understand that. I understand he's a good offensive defenseman. But you know what I'm getting tired of? I am getting tired of people saying that because I am tired of living by that. Okay, he makes one good offensive play. He shoots the puck into the net. And maybe, okay, he did one good thing, you know, when he uh, stopped that puck from going into the empty net. But how many times did he have to be walked? How many times does he have to be just coasting around the offensive zone? And for the goaltending, I don't blame Skinner. And I know everybody wants to buy Campbell up because, oh my gosh, he's the worst. But right now, if we seriously consider that Pickard and Skinner are going to be our saviors, an AHL goaltender and a guy who, I'm sorry to say, but can't really stop a rebound, I love this team, but... I don't know what's I don't know what we can do to, you know, to to do to make this team figure out how to play better defensively.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I'm with you because there's so much talk about that, and it hasn't been done consistently. Look, I, I'm going to say this about Evan Bouchard. Uh, unfortunately, he he gives both teams an equal chance of winning. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at with him. I mean, he has a point a game. That's. That's outstanding in the NHL for a defenseman, whether they're power play points or even strength points. That's that's outstanding. Um, he's minus seven. Now I know most of the team is minus. Is all the team minus now after last night? Oh, Cody CeCe's plus three. Uh, Gagne's even hasn't played every game. Um, so, yeah, I guess Cody CeCe's the only regular that's uh, that's plus. Oh, Derek Ryan's plus one. Anyway, most of the team is minus. Um,
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I
2: mean, look, Evan Bouchard is an offensive defenseman. So just by stating that, I feel like I'm recognizing there will be deficiencies in his defensive game. But here's what I'm going to add to that. Him being an offensive defenseman does not excuse the defensive deficiencies to the extent that we have been seeing them. I mean, I, I, I think you could argue over the last two games, Evan Bouchard has been the primary culprit in four goals against. Now, he's also created some other goals, and he, he even scored one. But I, I don't think it's unreasonable to ask Evan Bouchard to do what you're doing offensively. But remember, when you don't have the puck, you worry about your net and your end first, which means you don't pinch in the neutral zone when it's a two-on-two like he did last night. And it means if you are caught a little bit out of position because you're trying to create offense or you misread a play, that you bust your butt to get back. And there was that play against Tampa Bay. He shot the puck to an open wing. Probably should have gone deep. Didn't go there. Okay, Tampa Bay gets the puck. Instead of sprinting back to his own end, he kind of... Well, I don't know what he was thinking. I'm not in his head, but he kind of just sort of took up space in the middle and didn't get back, and Tampa Bay scores. Same thing yesterday. He steps up to hit a guy in the neutral zone, a two-on-two, turns into a two-on-one with Dreisaitl trying to get back. Could have other guys handled that play better? Sure. But was Bouchard sprinting back to get into that play and knock somebody down or stand in front of his own net to shoot the puck away if there's a pass or a rebound? No, he's not recognizing. Like, something's not clicking. And it's not just him. Other star players have made defensive mistakes. Connor McDavid still flies the zone too much and still stopping on the puck and checking a guy. There are a lot of problems. Um but I, I think we've seen a lot of problems with Bouchard this year, and we have again. We have seen him play better, though. So something is is not clicking with the team, and especially with some of the important players on the team who play a lot. Now, would I trade Evan Bouchard right now? No, I wouldn't. Would I sit him out of the lineup? No, I wouldn't. Would I limit his five on five ice time? You're damn right, I would. Play seven D and. Whatever, move the pairings around, maybe he's a power play specialist. Because I I think right now it's hard to trust him five-on-five to make the right decision and to make the responsible play with the puck if he's under duress. I mean, if he's got an opening, clearly you want him bombing away on the power play, but there's just been too many bad decisions and then poor reactions to those decisions, which compounds the problem. He's not alone, but I, I think the last... That, well, I think he hasn't had a good year, and I think the last couple of games he's he's been really heavily involved in in some goals against. So I, I get the frustration uh, for sure. Again, I want to recognize his strengths. He's the best offensive defenseman the Oilers have had in a long, long time. In a long, long time. And we used to do plenty of shows where we were all crying out for somebody with his skill set. But there has to be at least um, – a recognition to play better defensively and a desperation to play better defensively. I mean, if he were average defensively, you could probably live with it. You know, if if every six or seven games he just was in the wrong place or or made a silly decision... He could probably live with it because over six or seven games, he might have produced seven or done good things to produce seven or eight goals. But he's, to me, the ledger is even or maybe even negative. So, yeah, he gets goals, he makes plays, but he's already, but, he, but he's just making up for, for the things that he's done that have caused the puck to go into his own net. So is that really an advantage to have his offense if, if, his, if his defense is that much in the negative? All right, give me another message, Kellen. For sure.
1: Uh, Armswar texts in and says it's time for Bouchard to go, Campbell and Bouchard for goalie.
2: Well, you're not getting a good goalie.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Vic uh, bringing some levity to the uh, the games or lack of tonight on the, on the text line here, Reed He says, 32 teams in the NHL, no games tonight. Looks like we should be looking at expansion
2: alright eight zero four 780-496-0063. We'll get uh, a few more, your more thoughts in here when we get back.
1: Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 chan Inside Sports.
2: All right. We have three minutes and 50 seconds left in the show. Rick, you get a minute. Go ahead.
3: Hey, Reed. I've called in before, so we've talked. And this goalie thing is, you know, it's, uh, it's haunting the Oilers now. And, you know, a lot of the pros say, you know, goaltenders don't really get to get into their prime until they're around the age of 28. So that's one of the biggest issues is that has been around the Oilers for a very long time. One of the things that always concerned me was the lack of journeyman players when McDavid entered the NHL. Like, the Oilers were... Pretty much a pretty defeated team at that point, and you know we're, we're really talking about a leadership lack of leadership within the group, and uh, they just can't seem to overcome and and rise to the occasion. They just can't, and you know <clears throat> I'm not gonna don't really want to blame McDavid because I don't think I don't think it's a fault of anyone, but you know the team needs to the teams. Uh, management needs to put people in place that can that can um, motivate from within and you know and, and that's not a knock on on um that's not a knock on McDavid, it's not a knock on Dry settle, but there's obviously something wrong with the leadership within that team somewhere somehow. And you know what? Here's my last point. It's exhausting being an Oilers fan. And I worry about I worry about that. And I'll tell you why. Shannon said, uh, "Stoffer interviewed John Shannon, yep. and Shannon said that if Edmonton, for whatever reason, was to lose this franchise, the NHL would never give it back. So if for some reason the owners, they tank, uh, the fans walk away, they can't make this work, it's exhausting. And for whatever reason, the the corporate structure – Federal policy in my world has has created um, a real issue with uh, corporate sponsorships on, in Cal- both Calgary and Edmonton. And you know what? I feel I, I feel for the fan because the leadership group in that team hasn't doesn't have the ability to rise above the challenges in front of them. Goaltending is one issue, and that's on the GM, but. Or the past GMs, too. So, Rick,
2: just, I, 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 like, I, I don't know about if the franchise would ever move. I, I, Personally, I think that's a long shot. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be a little cheeky with you here, though. Like, no one's forcing you to be a fan if you find it difficult, right? Like, that's like me saying, I watched a horror movie and I didn't like it, and then I watched another horror movie and I thought it sucked. Like, eventually you would just tell me, well, quit watching horror movies if you don't like that genre, Right.
3: Okay, so here's the deal. So when you say that to me, though right so i I've been a past season ticket holder okay yeah i'm no longer I'm no longer a season ticket holder, and I can be honest with you, I go to bed halfway through these games and I wake up in the morning to watch the results, right. So that, that's all. I'm just saying it, you know. And you, you know, you work for the Oilers.
2: No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. I work well, for the. I work for. I work for Chorus Entertainment, which owns 6:30. Okay, well, Chet.
3: I'm glad you said that, and I'll tell you why. It's because, you know, uh, Brian Hall had to tune in Stoffer at the beginning of the year here, or he tuned in the early morning show because Stoffer was going on. He already had the parade route set. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this team has got... Uh, Rob Brown said it, as he might have said it to you, he might have said this to you the other night on the show, where he said this is by no means a Stanley Cup contender. They're so far from that. Do you remember him saying that to you?
2: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, right now they don't look... I mean, I, I said I said earlier in the season they'd be bad for an expansion team. Well... I mean, but you know. But Rick, you're kind of like, I love when you call, but I feel like you're kind of hitting on a lot of different things. I mean, to be fair, there were a lot of people uh, that picked the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup or to be a good team, right?
3: So let's go back to my leadership comment.
2: Okay. Rick, I'm very sorry. I can't do that because the show is over. I have to to respect the programming schedule here. But I I do thank you for your call. All right. Uh, Game tomorrow, 3.30 face-off show. Puck drop at 5. Talk to you then.